So this is an unplanned continuous conversation of the previous episode, which I realized I didn't even finish. So now we know that when we talk too much about something or someone, we train our mind to obsess about it. The information you are hearing is literally basic knowledge on the flow of life. I'm not coaching and I'm not giving advice, but you can Google about obsession to know more. When I was obsessing over that in Coates' relationship, I literally did not see reality for what it was. My mind was living in another world. I had expectations based on what was going on in my head. And when things didn't go the way I wanted them to, for example, I didn't get that reaction I was expecting, or a conversation didn't go the way I assumed it would, or I wouldn't get a text message when I was expecting one, I would literally feel rejected and my mind would race with thoughts of what went wrong and how I should have acted instead. It was draining. Now my friend, yes, that same friend eventually sat me down and said, look, you need to give people the space to be themselves and you need to give yourself the space to be yourself. Hmm. But I give plenty of space. I'm not the hovering type. She said, energetically, You are very much the hovering type. It doesn't need to be physical. People feel your energy. Let me re-explain what she meant. When we give ourselves the space to be ourselves, we are being present in our body and forcing our mind to be here in the now. Therefore, we are being authentic and focusing on what makes us great versus living in our head and being where our imagination takes us. Living in my head to me meant that when things didn't go the way I wanted them to, I felt rejected. But in reality, who was really rejecting me? No one but my own mind. I was living head up in my imagination and behaving from that place in my head. And I was making decisions on my day-to-day life based from that place. Pretty sad, right? I look back at that now and really, I have no words for myself. I just try not to judge myself too much. I learned that the lows were way more than the highs. I missed out on what was happening around me. I wasted opportunities. I wasted out on life. My eyes were open, but my mind was closed. So I put what my friend said to practice. I gave myself the space to be me, and I noticed a switch. I started to see things for what they really are. I gave myself the space to acknowledge how I really feel in comparison to what I thought I should feel. Then I had to reflect on that, and my ego came up in defense because I realized that I was, in quotations, feeling those things because I believed that if I felt that way, then things would go my way. Do you see a pattern of manipulation here? I wasn't even aware of it then, but it was very much happening. It took months of practice and a few breakdowns to realize I didn't even know who I was. I was trying to be someone worthy of being loved, but people sense when you're not being honest, and maybe that's why I never got what I wanted. By allowing myself to be me, I gave a space for other people to be themselves too around me. And I started to see them for all that they are. Which means to a large extent, what I felt at some point in time was a product of my mind. Think about it. How many times did you really like someone only to realize down the line that the end result was far from what you expected? I think this happens because our insecurity tells us that if they behave in a certain way, then it means we are loved. And when they don't, then we are not loved. But 
surely everybody loves in their own way. And the real lesson is to focus on how to love and give better and how to accept and receive without expectations. I still need to put this to practice. I'm just sharing my story and reflecting, and I appreciate those who listen in. These are big conversations I still have with myself. If we see things for how they really are and not what we want them to be, then we wake up faster to reality and not waste time. I look back at many people I crushed on and people I was with, and I do wonder, who did I really think I liked or loved? What do I really know about their kindness and patience? Nothing. I only know what I wanted to see. And that was far from reality, far from their reality. And the disappointment is not even their fault. This is why I do the exercise I mentioned in my previous episode. I question what I am attracted to and if it's coming from lack or not. Now, conversations with friends made me realize that we all fall into that trap. Manipulation seems to be human nature, but knowing it and working on it are two different things. To love someone means to let them be as they are, not as we want them to be. But love also triggers our vulnerability. Therefore, to feel secure, we try to control the outcome and it's stressful. If we let things be the way they are, then we become involved in the journey and not the destination. And why not? I mean, hey, we're going to feel the pain anyway. Our need to control the outcome is a form of getting attached to the story because it requires overthinking. And I'll give you an example. How many times did you rehearse an outing or a conversation and you would get upset if it didn't go according to plan? Now, come on. Whose fault is that really? Yours or them? I'm finger pointing at myself because I did that tons of times. We think of the destination too much, but the destination actually, in my humble opinion, is not a one stop. It's continuous, it's a flow. So this means we create our happiness and security within the situations. But the key is to know how, and I'm no expert. But what I do know is, all those qualities and things we are searching for are actually found in our everyday journey, when we show up for ourselves and be present. With a lot of effort, I eventually managed to shift my attention and focus and bring it to myself. I started to be more present and I found more happiness. And it was never once the product of a love interest. It was about me. Interestingly enough, when I let go and I focused on myself, I would get that call that I was hoping for. And I would get that text and so on. It doesn't mean we ended up together. And I had my happily happily ever after. I think I mentioned I was on another planet, right? I mean, Pluto and Earth were as close as we got in case anyone missed the previous memo. But no one learns for free. And Bahsult, my friend, Edma, she said, let go, focus on the journey. It's about you. It's never the destination. But I was blinded by my ego. I was focused on the outcome only. Eventually, and I began to focus and show up for myself. This practice eventually helped me ground myself and know myself. It toned down my anxiety and fears because I realized that all I have is today and I have no guarantees, but also no one does either. It's hard when my mind is constantly racing, but we can't predict reactions and situations. It doesn't matter how hard we try or how many basarat we go to, and I've been to plenty. The unknown is the unknown period. This means 
all this meant that I had to let go of wants and needs and learn how to stay within my day and process and process and process. It's not always successful, but when it is, I sleep way better. So maybe not getting, in quotes, the love of my life in 2019 was a blessing in disguise. I wasn't ready for it. It was a hard lesson, but a lesson well learned. Thank you for listening to the Pro 40 podcast. See you next time.